Thank you, Joyce. Let's pray together. Lord, we need that grace that we need to know that truth. Speak to our hearts, we pray this morning, from your word. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, uh, Tony's puppet, Darren, was disappointed that he missed the eclipse. And I don't know about you, but I found it a bit of a, a letdown. The news media had been going on about it for the whole of the week. It was going to happen at half past nine on Friday, a very special event that wasn't going to be repeated for many years. The moon was going to eclipse the sun. But when it came, it was on a dull and cloudy day. And certainly all that I was aware of is that everything got a bit more gloomy than it was before. And we've had plenty of gloomy mornings in any case in this past month. Well, that lesson that Joyce read to us from John chapter 1 is all about light. It's a, a passage that we always finish our carol service with. Uh, in the lead up to Christmas. That's the time it's usually read in this church and many other churches. But here we're picking up these songs of praise that we've been looking at in the fellowship groups during Lent. And this is the passage set. So let's see what particular insights we can get from it. And as we're not looking at it at Christmas, when we usually think about the theme of the light coming into the world... I want us this morning to focus on how a dark world struggles with the light. Verse 5 here in chapter 1 of John's Gospel. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Now I know a lot of this congregation live in flats, but uh, if you have a, an entrance to that flat or if you live in a, a house, there's often a security light. There's a security light as you approach the house and as you walk up to it, it comes on if it's working properly. And the idea is that that gives you a welcome home, but also it means that the, boy, that the burglar is put off because if you've got a sack with a crowbar in it, you don't want people to see you. The darkness hates the light because the light shows up all that the darkness covers. And you know, the darkness cannot extinguish even the very weakest light, whereas the weakest of lights can shine through the darkness. And in Eastern thought, at the time John was writing this, the surrounding uh, religions very much had the idea of the God of light battling against the God of darkness. That was the background in, in non-Jewish thought. And this put so clearly here by John. He's saying that when light comes that when love comes, when healing comes, when help comes, when hope comes, 
the darkness always seeks to put it out. Jesus came as the light of the world. Never were the forces of darkness so active, so strong as in these days leading up to the crucifixion. Here is the chance for once and for all to put out the light of the world which so frustrates the plan and the purpose of darkness and evil. Let's put out the light of Christ, evil shouts. But God's word tells us here, in the more traditional translation, the darkness has not put it out. And in the translation we're using, a more modern translation, it's an alternative one. It can mean either. It says the darkness has not understood it. In other translations, the darkness has not comprehended it. People just do not understand what the coming of Jesus and the cross of Jesus is all about. They don't seem to comprehend it. Because the coming of God in man, in Jesus, seems to be such a risky, such a crazy, such a foolish thing to do. And elsewhere in the New Testament we read of St. Paul talking about the foolishness of the gospel. And there are, in honesty, so many things in the gospel story which seems to point at God's folly. And people look at this strange strategy of God and people look at the actions of Jesus and there's so many questions that come to our minds. If you want to conquer a world, why do you send a baby? If you want to build a new kingdom, why do you use a carpenter and his mates to try and set it up? If you want to take on the army of Roman occupation, why do you teach about turning the other cheek? That's not a very good military strategy. If you want to make friends, why storm into the temple and turn the tables over? If you want to counter the clever theologians who can answer every complicated theological question, then why do you tell simple stories, those we call parables, which often don't give you an answer at all, but just leave you with a question? If you want to defeat death, then why die? No wonder Jesus said that we need to become like a little child to enter the kingdom. Because we grown-ups want to know everything and we want to understand everything. And so when in Jesus we see the light of the world, we just cannot get hold of what's going on by his actions in this lead-up to the cross. It seems so countercultural, so strange, so risky. So no wonder that many people cannot comprehend, cannot understand the loving purposes of God. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. But when people cannot understand, 
when they can't make sense of what's going on, rather than staying and holding with it and wrestling with it and engaging with it, often they walk away. They want to be in charge of their own destiny and following the light of Jesus doesn't suit them. They want to live their lives in their own way and the light of Jesus shows up the selfishness and the shallowness. They want to leave their life as it is but the light of Jesus beckons forward into a new path. You see, as Bishop Leslie Newbegin points out, God did not say in the beginning that there be darkness. God said, let there be light. The two cannot live together. The whole purpose of light is to clear away the darkness. And it's very telling that when Judas walks out of the upper room and goes away to betray Jesus, the Bible tells us, and it was night. When we walk away from the light, we walk into darkness, into meaninglessness, into a world of shadows and half-truths. In that darkness, as it says here in verse 10, the world does not recognize Jesus. And in verse 11, the world does not receive him. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. What a contrast we have in this second passage from John that we look at this morning. John chapter 12 and verses 20 to 33. Notice this first request of the Greek seekers after truth. Sir, we would like to see Jesus. You can't see anything that's hidden. You can't see anything, in fact, in the darkness. The coming of Jesus was to a public and open space. No religious buildings clothing him. No hidden messages and meetings. No behind-the-scenes deals. With Jesus, what you got was what you saw. And what you saw was shot through with integrity, rather like a stick of rock is set through with the place this name of the seaside town where you buy it. You could see Jesus. And we can see Jesus as well. Because the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is all in the open. It's all in the light. And of course, most open of all were those words our Lord spoke here most open of all was when they came true. If you look at, uh, well, you won't be able to look at verse 32 because we've not printed it out for you. But uh, chapter 12 and verse 32, but I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. As the hymn writer puts it, O my Saviour, lifted from the earth for me, draw me in thy mercy nearer unto thee. On the crest, 
of the hill of Calvary, there was no hiding place. The light of Jesus Christ was nailed to a tree just as Jesus said would happen. And then verse 35 here, the middle part, Jesus warning the disciples what's to come. He says, walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. And darkness did overtake them. When Peter denied and others ran and politicians washed their hands of him and religious leaders schemed and died and soldiers did their duty and passers-by mocked and fellow criminals cursed him. When the light of Jesus went out and he died, Matthew's Gospel tells us, from the sixth to the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. Perhaps a proper eclipse such as we missed on Friday, I don't know. But what I do know is that the darkness was not the end. For, to get back to where we started in that very first chapter of John's Gospel, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not put it out. But more of that on Easter Day. Let's pray.